Waking Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 83 of the podcast today where we get to work, making work a passion, living creative full time. So for those that have been listening along the way here, all the way to episode 83, thank you guys for hanging out. And uh, as you probably know, we keep this super mixed up with who we're interviewing. We interview musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, small business to talk about all the different things that they have for perspectives of just living a creative life. So I felt a little overdue here to talk music again. And by that, I mean like probably like one, two episodes max, but uh, really pumped up tonight to kind of get back into my metal roots a little bit. And like, actually like a lot of it, like pretty metal. (laughs) Pretty metal. Like you guys are, you guys are all on eight string, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So super eight strings only. (laughs) Do you have like a shirt that says that? Hashtag eight strings only should make it, should make it a new hashtag actually. Honestly, that would probably do really well. I feel like people would be about it. So for those of you that don't know my guest, I've got Nicole Papa Thank you. I just didn't want to do it. I like, I like did that thing where like you knew that you could do it, but like I was (laughs) from the band Calias. Okay. I I felt the fear. You could see it. Calias. Yeah. Calias. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome on the show. New new band. Thank Thank you you for for being on. Yeah, at least it's like your debut, your debut EP that just came out. So I can be like, "Hey, they're they're a newer band. I just did, I just didn't know. Maybe." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome, welcome, Nicole. Thank you for jumping on, even though you just said that you moved recently and you're on different time and everything like that. Yep, I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> so, Nicole, uh, for for those that don't know you in the band, do you want to just talk through, you know? who are you and what is this band and just tell people a little bit about who you and them are? Yeah, sure. So my name's Nicole and I've been an eight string guitar player for, I don't know, the last, like, I think I made the switch maybe like seven years ago or so from seven string. And about a year and a half ago, um, I got together with my other guitar player, Zachy and JP and my bass player, Chris, who I'd been jamming with for a really long time. And we formed Collius. So my bass player and I had been in another instrumental project beforehand called Meridium. So we kind of like had the experience together working in the instrumental metal world. And um, yeah, and then working with Zachy and JP like came really naturally and uh, we're all super into prog and metal and um, melodic stuff. So yeah, it worked out pretty cool. Awesome. So for those that don't know, they just came out with their debut EP. Like, are we talking like legit, like five or six days ago, like 
very yep. free, very recently, October, right? October October thirtieth. The the name of the EP is the fourth phase, named after the title track that we actually released as our first single, the fourth phase. Awesome. And features a ripping solo by Rick Graham. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that I'm trying to remember which one is that the one that you? Yeah, you guys have a video of you guys doing the playthrough of that. Yes, the playthrough. Song, right? Yeah, the playthrough has been out. Um, and then, uh, along with the EP release on the 30th, we released our first music video and the music video was to the song called black dream. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That's where yeah. the, uh, photo that I shared out today, I think is from, right. From that set. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see, really see the photo. You so guys are sure. all covered up in yeah. mud or something like that. That's from that video. Yeah, obviously. It's kind of a weird, nasty visuals. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, all right. I have a ton of questions already coming from that. And I'm totally going to dive into some questions past the EP after, but I feel like Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense to just talk about this EP first. So we understand like this band, this music I have people on Instagram already saying they love the EP. So what does the fourth phase mean? Like, what is this EP about essentially? Um, so the fourth phase was actually, uh, the first song that we collectively wrote together in the same room, everything else was kind of picked from either stuff that I had before or something that Zachy had before. Um, but the fourth song that we did, ironically, uh, we named the fourth phase, um, was when we really felt like everything came together and came full circle. So that's kind of the, the meaning behind that. Everything else is like a, a little bit random with the name. So <laughs> don't look too far into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the fourth phase, it really has that, that solid meaning to it. So cool. So did you work on this other material? Those like those other three songs that you said you might've had like bits and pieces from before the fourth phase that was like the first full song written together. Did you have, did you guys work on those first three songs before you wrote that first, that song? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So like a couple songs Zachy had already had, um, and he'd been trying to, um, put together an instrumental or metal band for, for a while. So, um, and when I heard them, I was like, this is totally in the vein of like what I'm writing. And like, I think we're going to mesh really well as guitar players, you know? So, and then I had some material as well that I brought in and, um, and then with the fourth phase, it was kind of like a collection of, of riffs that I already had. And everybody just like embellished it really, really well. So, yeah, I think that was the first true song that we all wrote, like in the same room. That's awesome. That's kind of cool to like have these other songs that you wrote with like bits and pieces. And then like it's almost like it went backwards because the last song that you wrote became the title track in the name of the EP. It's like you yeah. landed there, but now like that's fronting the record. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, crazy exactly. how that worked. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you guys get together to start playing? Like, I know that you had this other band beforehand and it sounded like from when I was reading from the press release, like you all had this chemistry and kind of met through odds and ends. Like, how did you guys get together and decided that this group should happen, that this record should happen? Um, well, I had, I had been looking for an eight string player to jam with for a really long time. 
and kind of just gave up after a while. Cause I'm like, damn, like either nobody plays eight strings or everyone who does is already like in a project and they're like, or in a band and they're not trying to do anything else. Right. So I didn't really even know any people who played eight string guitars. So at one point I was looking for a drummer to jam with in the New York area. And um, I had a friend that I was working on a music project before uh, refer me to JP. So I was kind of checking out JP's videos online and I was like, wow, this dude's really sick drummer. And then I noticed that he was jamming with an eight string player. And I'm just like, hold on, like, who's this? And you were already uh, jamming with a bass player. Yeah. And I like, I'd already been jamming with Chris and in, in my other instrumental bands, but we were, that was just kind of like a, a studio project. We were just releasing music, but we never really had the intent to like tour or play shows or anything. So it was just kind of like friends making music. Yeah. Um, so I was looking to do something a little more serious. And when I found JP, like, and then I stumbled across Zaki on JP's page, I got really, really stoked. And I'm like, okay, like I need to hit both of them up and really have a conversation with Zaki to see like what he's doing. Because when I went to his page, I noticed that everything was drums. And I'm like, wait, I'm confused. Like, is he a drummer but he's also like a really sick eight string player and (laughs) and he's yeah he's pretty much one of those like aliens i guess that just like is kind of a genius at like every instrument and like he's also our engineer um so we've been like really efficient because of that because he just understands like all these odd time signatures from not only a drummer's perspective but um a guitar player's perspective too Mm. And his education is actually, uh, um, his background is like guitar. So, but he just ended up playing drums in all these bands because they needed a drummer. Um, so that's kind of how like I, I got together with, um, with JP and, and then Zachy and I had already been jamming with my bass player. So it is weird how that stuff happens though, because I have been a drummer since the third grade and I've been a vocalist in a band for like the past five or six years and haven't played drums in any bands i play drums all the time and love the drums but it's like it is weird how that can happen where it's like he was he's the nastiest guitar player but he just the bands needed a drummer and then he was awesome and just became a really good drummer somehow exactly i mean that's pretty much what he had told me i was like i don't know (laughs) like why do you play like your you know your history and your education is like what with guitar, but then you learned, you taught yourself how to play drums. He's like, well, yeah, because like nobody, yeah, nobody really needed a guitar player and all these bands (laughs) needed drummers. So I just figured I'd learn how to play drums. And then he had been just writing this like sick instrumental guitar music on his own free time. And this is the first band that he's in where he's playing guitar. Kind of crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's got to feel yeah. good for him to come out and and then play that yeah. guitar it like and be front right on it. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really proud of him. He's he's definitely the the alien in the band. <laughs> Have you called him that before? Is that like a common occurrence in the band? No, I think I'm just realizing this now. <laughs> <laughs> we started it. We started yeah. it here on the podcast everyone when he's called alien yeah. on stage or something that started yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's also the tallest one too and the rest of us are like kind of short so it's, it's a little funny see now so, you're building a case for it 
<laughs> you're trying to make it a reality. Someone else on here Love just said, <laughs> "Oh, is JP?" He said he's he's said he's the fourth. JP said he's the fourth. He's the fourth JP phase. The fourth phase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. What type of engineer awesome. did you say? Audio or like an en- a different type of engineer? No, audio. Yeah. Oh, so, right on. So he owns the studio that we rehearse at, and um, he records, mixes, masters everything. Um, his studio is called uh, Redshift Recording. And that's in Jersey, and it's like a fully functioning studio. Awesome, yeah. And, and the EP sounds killer from an engineering perspective too. So thank you. That's um, that's pretty cool. So you guys had that control on both sides of it, from the writing and the production side. Oh yeah, we're very fortunate to like to have that because it's it just makes us so efficient to where like when we're writing, we're also tracking DIs at the same time. Mm. You know, and then we have all our amps there so we can just reamp and the drum set is always mic'd. So it's just very, very convenient. Wow. So like if you're having an idea like that, like say like you just get a riff or someone just gets a idea for a time signature and tries it or whatever. If you get something that's like fire, you can just take that down right away and you'll take it DI or something. And yep. will that yeah, sometimes exactly. land on a record that way? Like if you've just had that idea on the spot and recorded has that ever landed on one of these songs like that yeah i mean that's how a lot of the songs were recorded i mean we have we're wow we're writing the full length right now and we're actually almost done with it wow so a lot of that um kind of happened like that you know and over the summer too i i had to come back out to la uh when lockdown started so we ended up writing a couple songs over the summer long distance and I would just do FaceTime jams with Zachy and um, I would just send him DIs and we would just swap back and forth and build the song like that. And then, and then we actually, another song that we wrote, uh, JP ended up, he was sending me drum videos at one point. And then I was just importing the audio from that and writing to them wow. in Pro Tools and then sending that to Zachy. And we were kind of building songs like that. So it was, it's pretty cool. We were still like pretty efficient, even not being in the same room at all, like over the summer. Which is obviously important for now, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. A lot of people weren't yeah. able to function like that before and they had to figure something out during COVID times. It's like you guys were already able to function. You're able yeah. to function that way pretty quickly because of the, the skills that you had basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, the skills that we have and just the means everybody's like pretty efficient. Um, our bass player is actually an engineer too. So he, um, and you know yes. Pro Tools and have a setup too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with Pro Tools. I'm good enough for like pre-production and and writing, but I'm definitely not mixing or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's easy for me to just like write and and send DIs and and all that. I remember I saw on that video. I think it was the one that I, that you were talking about the fourth phase video where it shows you guys playing, mm-hmm. and I saw the zoom in and seeing your bass player finger picking that and i wanted to throw up like, <laughs> yeah. like i was like, like yeah what the hell is that like obviously all you guys are are super super tight with the music that you're writing but it's like yeah. you see certain things like that or you and, and you're just like what are you what are you doing like yeah you know i, can barely I actually pick this, you know? i never knew what he was playing and i guess like i mean with this kind of music it's you really got to focus when you're when you're playing right so at practice like yeah. i feel like i don't really get a second to look over and see what chris is doing 
Right. And um, since I film and edit like all the the content and everything for the band, when I remember when I first or when I filmed our first playthrough and it came time to film the bass playthrough, I was just like, wow, I'm like, that's what he's playing. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, that looks so stressful. It looks way <laughs> more stressful than what we're playing. I'm like, I'm never going to complain about anything again. You know? I feel like he's got to have little biceps like in between each finger or something like that. Like how the hell do you I have mean, that? You know, the, the recent joke um, is that his, his hand is like, uh, like the thing from, from Adam's family. He oh, yeah. like going, I'm just like, dude, it's, it's running it's across the, the base like that. <laughs> It kind of does look like that because, like, obviously they didn't have the best. It like, doesn't look real. Do it just looks mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was reading in the bio for the press release, it talked about making like you didn't want to to come out with a, a record instrumentally that didn't really mean anything and it was just in in the the progressive metal genre and just a thing you wanted to come out with like a cerebral experience like a full experience mm-hmm. on it do you want to talk about that a little bit what's that mean what did, yeah, what did that I, look like i think like? our our whole our goal was really to kind of take the listener on this journey that's kind of going to bring them full circle right because when you're listening to instrumental music it's like not a lot of the time, and especially with Prague, it's not like a traditional structure. So you kind of, I guess, so to say, follow the thread. And maybe you're not going to identify the chorus as a chorus. Um, and since there isn't vocals, you're going to have like a lot more guitar leads and things are going to be just going to be a lot of layers, right? So it's, I mean, it's not even really something that like you kind of listen to once and you fully digest it. I mean, I feel like with Prague, like, like anytime Opeth has came out with a new record, it's like, I'm like, okay, I need like a couple weeks to really digest this. I mean, mm-hmm. we only put out like four songs, but I just think with Prague in general, it's, um, you really kind of want to dive in and it's, it just, it's not really background music, if you know what I mean. Like it's something you kind of like pay attention to like the melodies going on and the layers and, and just how the song takes you through these different vibes. Right. right. Yeah. That makes sense. No, it, it does. And I sometimes overanalyze that stuff, trying to figure out what is happening to the point where like you would think if you don't listen to instrumental music that is intense like this, where it's got a lot going on, you would think that you'd get more distracted by lyrics because you're thinking about it. But that's like the opposite for me. Like I, I'm sitting there trying to figure out because you have a lot of different things happening where, where obviously there's so many, the, the time, time changes alone, but with the time changes, you have these sections that happen where one section almost never, like one section essentially never even changed. Like it kept going, but then because of what you did as a layer on top of it, you completely changed yeah. what was happening. It progresses. Yeah. Yeah. You can Weird. have a common, like <laughs> you can have a song where like you have the riff, right? But maybe that riff, like the second time it comes around is going to have a little twist at the end. And then the third time it comes around, maybe there's going to be a key change or 
or it's going to be on the upbeat instead of the downbeat and it's going to have a different feel. And like, I mean, essentially I think that's kind of like what prog is, right? right? You know, right. And, and the whole reason that, um, mm. I was, I became, um, really attracted to this style of music is because, I mean, I've, I've been a metalhead like my whole life. Um, and then I think once I started, um, getting more into like technical metal, um, and listening to like, you know, technical metal bands, um, a big pet peeve of mine is when the riff gets lost in either the mix or under some like guttural vocals or something, which, which is cool. Like sometimes you're in the mood to listen to, you know, some like cattle decap or something. I, I love that shit too. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you, you do like as a musician, um, and as a guitar player, you kind of want to appreciate, um, the intricacy of what's going on behind all that and, and have everything in the, all the instruments in the band kind of, um, accentuate and highlight each other. You know, so it's not like a muddy thing or, you know. <laughs> no. And in, in college, I remember studying counterpoint and there would be things that happened with the way that those melodies were interacting. And it wasn't that even though some of them could be happening all on the same beats entirely, it was a way of like analyzing those pieces between every single melody that's happening, they're all individual melodies, but those by the nature of their distance from each other, creating those chords like that. And that's what made it interesting of, of you could have even a root note that wasn't moving more than just the same two fifths, but then yeah. by the nature of those intricacies of those lines, you're creating other tension and things like that. And that's the same way that I'm like listening to it inside of your music of, you can have that main riff happening, but all the other things that you're doing are just completely altering what that means at that time. Yeah, totally. And, and I think, you know, like the whole point too with Prague is, is for everybody to like the band members to really know how to serve each other as far as the music, you know, you're not really, you're not really just writing for the guitar and you're not really just writing for the drums and everything's going crazy at once. It's like, you know, like if, I don't know, JP's doing some crazy like drum solo or something, like maybe it's because the guitars are doing something a little bit simpler. Mm. So that sort of stuff to keep in mind. So do on that note, Nicole, do a lot of you have like a jazz background? That sounds like an old that sounds like what I've always been told whenever I was playing jazz back in the day of like how you treat a soloist and how you talk back and forth. And of course that's around in so many different types of music from those roots. But do some of you have like a jazz background or, or anything like that? Or do you uh, naturally I know, start? I know JP does and uh, Chris does as well. I'm not too sure about Zachy as far as genre. Um, I don't. I actually have like zero music education. Yeah. So every, <laughs> yeah. Everything I've done is completely by ear. I mean, I remember taking like guitar lessons when I was like 10 years old, but it was just to like, like learn Metallica songs and whatever. But yeah, as far as like, I, I don't know how to read music or like, I don't even know any like crazy scales or anything like that. So the communication is a little weird sometimes when it comes to writing, but it's really cool um, having somebody like Zachy and Chris who can kind of interpret the things that I write 
and then be able to communicate that to each other. Like, um, you know, as far as like music theory and everything, because like, I don't, I really don't know any music theory and you don't have to, I'm a prog, I'm a prog writer and I don't know any music theory. You don't have to, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. you totally don't. And you totally don't have to for those, those of you out there, like I, I've talked about it a ton on this podcast, but I'm so about like, it's the results. Like it's literally all the results. And then like people, however, whatever equipment you use or whatever means or education or whatever that you use, if you're getting awesome music or an awesome product and then just do it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I've kind of just gone off of feel and just sound most of the time. Like I, I mean, I can like figure out the scale of something and then, you know, write something based off that. But usually, yeah, when I take it to Zaki, he like picks everything apart and he's like, oh, you're writing in this signature and then this scale and that. And I'm like, cool. You're like, <laughs> I'm, like <"Awesome."> sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> you're great. It's already written. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But then like, I'm sure that on their side of it, because that's the way that their head is thinking, they, yeah. that probably helps them figure out what their next move on something might be because they're for you it's like not helpful to think that way because you're like I don't think that way for them if yeah. they think that way it might be helpful to understand those things to plan their moves or whatever they're writing yeah I mean I've definitely like learned a lot like working with Zaki um so it's cool like I pick up on things here and there but you know it's I don't know some people tell me like you know uh maybe it's a little better that like you don't know all this theory because you don't tend to put yourself in this box and you feel like limited, like, Mm. you know, you learned everything by the book, right? So you're like, Oh, this is supposed to resolve like this, or like, you can't really uh, do this time signature over that. Or like, you know, like, I don't, I don't really think like that. I'm just like, I listen to something and I'm like, this sounds really cool and it seems to work. So why not? You know? Right. And now for like the production side of it, I don't, this is my own take on it. I'm actually also an audio guy too. And so I listen to that a ton too. Like I'll listen through a bunch just for the music's sake. And I try to not focus on the audio side of it, but then I'll listen sometimes where I'm not even paying attention to music and I'm just paying attention to tones and qualities and things. On the production side, I totally felt a blend between like, there's definitely that modern metal prog tones and sounds in there right but there also were like a lot of like old metal and and organic sounds like they seemed like pretty balanced blended is that is that i think you said it was jp is that like the style of your engineering or was that how you guys talked about having the record put together like what what went behind kind of picking the sound for this record I mean, as far as everything being organic, yeah, everything was organic, you know, like as far as like drums were recorded using all the mics and then like guitars were recorded with, you know, miking up the cabs. Or actually we, we kind of, we, we track DIs and then we usually reamp with the cabs later. So everything you're hearing is all like real, um, amps and, and instruments. I don't know, um. JP, if you're watching, if uh, how the drums were mixed, I really have no idea how JP and Zaki decided to do that. So. I, I, long story short, I just liked the way that 
it was blended because sometimes like I, I think it's indicative of metal records today with obviously like the way that they have the attack and like the the timeliness of them and everything like comes into a little bit of the production but like your record has all those qualities but it sounded really alive to me because of what you just said because you were using all those different instruments it sounded that way to me so yeah 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 so i guess like i want to get into a little bit of the the other pieces for you nicole for this because there's a lot of like i started watching a couple of your youtube videos on on different pieces of gear you use and and different things that you're doing like you were talking about some of the behind the scenes of these studio videos that you put together on youtube to show more behind this record and stuff do you want to talk like what does it look like for you know some of your go-to gear like what would you say to some metal players out there that want to play some of the music that you play or they they're super into it like is there anything that you really um align with or like you've been super into or a big part of your sound or you recommend to them like what's that look like um yeah i mean i of course i'm i would recommend all the gear that i'm using because i mean those companies back me and i'm with them for that very reason because i i love all their gear so the amp that i play uh is evh 5153 stealth and um I think it's the best friggin' amp out there. It just has a really mean bite to it. Um, very powerful. I don't feel like you lose any tone when you crank that thing up. Um, and then the guitars I play are uh, Jackson. And I'm actually a, a new Jackson artist. So that kind of happened this year, which is pretty cool. No way. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I got some cool stuff in the works with them. Um, and the main eight string that I'm playing right now is is actually a limited edition HT8. So it's uh, it's a Misha signature, but I think they only made like 30 of them. So they're wow. not in production anymore. But I have another um, X-Series soloist that's an eight string as well. So that's kind of what they have available. Um, and it's actually really affordable eight string guitar for people that are looking um, to start playing an eight string, kind of make that switch from playing seven, but maybe they're not really sure yet about getting an eight. Um, It is, it's a pretty good like mid tier guitar for people to, they want to start and maybe they like Jackson. So yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend that. We need more eight string players out there. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 And then, um, I mean, as far as the rest of my, like my live rig, which, you know, won't be really playing live anymore or anytime soon. <laughs> um, I have like an obnoxiously big pedal board right now. Um, but I'm trying to condense all of that because another one of the companies that, um, that endorses me is this plugin company called neural DSP. And okay. they make a bunch of different guitar plugins and bass plugins and this year they came out with um the first piece of hardware uh called the quad cortex so i'm they haven't shipped out yet but i'm super excited to add Mm. that to my to my gear because it's just a small floor unit about this big 
with a little touch screen on it and you can program like everything. It has all the plugins on there and I'm just really excited to condense down my obnoxiously big pedal board for that. Interesting. So it runs it straight up through software through, through DSP. Yeah. Well, it's, it's already built in within the unit. So, and then it also acts as an amp modeler and there's all these other new features that I probably can't explain, but I mean, I think it's going to put a lot of other effects units like off the market. Wow. It's, it's capabilities are just insane. So I, I can't wait to get it and, and just start messing around with that thing. And it's something where like, obviously you buy a physical pedal, it's going to be the same pedal forever. That's probably going to be something where whenever there's updates or add-ons yes. or anything that they have, you can just literally be like, great, I'm going to play a show tomorrow and exactly. I want that sound for my show tomorrow and you load it in there. Just like exactly. all the other things. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be really user friendly too. I mean, I tried it out at Nam, um, which is you know you never have enough time to really like get personal with something at Nam. So yeah, um, but you know it looked really cool. I just I mean I was pretty stoked at like just the capabilities of it and how user friendly it is and how small and lightweight it is. Awesome. So I think big bulky. Pedals and pedal boards are really going to be a thing of the past. Dang. All right. You heard it, people. That's what Nicole <laughs> says, all right? <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, I don't know. There's still going to be collectors out there and people that swear by just having like, you know, like 25 pedals on their pedal board. And I don't know. That just gives me anxiety now. Just because I, I, I'm like one of those people and I've that's what I've been doing for so long and I'm just so tired of it. Right. Like for um, you, it's, it's like, you're still getting the sound that you want. Only now you have like this one little square that just yeah. does it. And you'd rather just do that and call it a day and not have to worry about 60 different wires that could go wrong or something. Yeah. That or, or like tap dancing around, you know, I mean, there's definitely, there's ways to like program and like, you know, make it to where you don't need to push any buttons, but it's definitely just more complicated. Like the more gear you have and just just higher possibility of something going wrong live. Like I'm just, I just kind of want to like set it and forget it kind of thing. I just want to play guitar and not be worrying about gear and buttons. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Well, you have a lot to pay attention to on the guitar. You're not playing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know. <laughs> so imagine like you're in this like tech band or prog band. And then like you have like all this crazy, like fancy gear and all these buttons you have to push like while you're playing, like nobody wants to do that. You look like an old school operator for like a phone system in the fifties, right? Just a year on your pedals. Nicole, what would be like if someone, cause this, I mean, you've been playing in metal bands forever. So like, even though this is a newer band, newer record and things like that, like you know what you're doing in this world. What would you say to someone if they were going to start a metal band today, what would be some advice that you could give them? What should they be thinking about? Uh, be ready to work your ass off because I mean, now more than ever, it's, there's so much competition out there now and you basically have eight year olds that are better than you at your instrument. (laughs) (laughs) They're already up on Spotify and they've been there for like five years somehow. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) really, it's really crazy. I'm just like, why do I even play guitar anymore sometimes but (laughs) (laughs) no but it's just I mean you got you really have to look at it as um 
you're any, any band you start or project or anything, like if you're serious about it, like that's your, that's your business, you know? So Mm. you got to look at it as like, I'm, I'm starting a business and like, you really can't half-ass anything that you do with it because I mean, that's going to be your end result. So if you're not, and, and that's the hardest thing these days is like finding other people who are willing to share that work with you and, yeah. uh, and share that vision and just be willing to make it happen and, um, you know, show up and, and do your part, you know? So it's, and it's just like, it's constant work, you know? Cause it's like, it's like the minute you're like, Oh, let me take like, let me take like a week or two off from like shooting content or writing or like promoting my band or something. Like if you're a new band or you're starting a band, everyone already forgot about you. Like you yesterday. just disappear instantly. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, even like with social media, it's like a, a post really lives for like a few hours yep. and that's it. So it's like, and keeping up with technology now and social media, a constant thing. It's a really like love hate relationship. Um, I think for a lot of people, especially me, because, you know, like as an artist, you kind of, um, you, you just want to be an artist, right? So yep. in a perfect world, you can just be an artist and you can write all these amazing songs and then put them out there and just be like, all right, cool. Like l- listen and listen to my songs. Play the songs. Yeah, but yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's like, Nobody cares. Like you, there's so many bands out there that like you have to be shoving it down their throat and, and seeing it every day and, and something content, content, content. So right. it like, that's where I'm saying like love, hate relationship. Cause yeah, like at the end of the day, like, like this month promoting our record, like even though, yeah, like we have PR like helping us out with that, but that's only half of it. Like we're still doing like the other half of the work too. Yeah. And at the same time, we're like, wow, man, we really miss like writing. And then like a few days ago, like I, I hadn't, I wasn't able to pick up my guitar for like a week and a half or two weeks. And, and then I picked it up the other day and I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you, know? you feel like, like you got in a like, fight. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I guess I gotta learn how to play guitar again, you know, because I just been so busy editing videos and promoting and like dealing with you know release stuff, and so it's easy. It's kind of easy to get, to get lost in all that, but it's just it's just finding that right balance and um, trying to keep up with both. And it's um, yeah, it's it's full time work. Yep, that's really good advice. I got like two kind of takeaways from that, and I feel like I do see that a lot with indie artists and the first being that if you like, I I always get a kick out of people that don't do those things and they're like, Oh, I'm, I don't do those things because I just want to focus on the art. If you really love the art and you really love your music and your instrument that much, then you have to do those things so that you can do that more. It's like, for your band to be able to play as much as possible and share with the most people and the most people to know it so that you have the opportunity to make more of that because you're getting more shows easier. You're selling merch, you're selling things to be able to do that. You don't get to have that unless you put in that work to be the artist. Like you, you, you want to be the artist and then you need to be able to give yourself the chance at bat to be able to do it. And then the second part of it is just that, you know, probably like, I don't know. I I've never been in a band hustling as much as, as 
yours and yours in the past, I think. But I, I feel like in my experience, it's always been like, I look for the best people with the attitudes that are going to work with me is more than I do the players. Like I, I still need them to play really well, but like if you can't stay a band for long enough and you can't all be on the same page of like hitting those business objectives and like, who's going to do what to like do those things, then you can't survive long enough to be a successful band. You have to gel together. You have to be able to be on that page. Yeah, exactly. So many factors. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, you know, some people forget about, or, you know, they don't really think about all that. Yeah. And for people that, for people out there, when Nicole is talking about like, um, you know, how something lives for a couple hours, like don't feel like you are talking too much about your thing and being like humble on it and being like, Oh, I don't want to just be up people's face and, and things like that. Like she's talking about these things to, to promote it. Like you have to actually talk about it that much so that people are actually hearing it. Like, don't be bashful on it. Like you, you probably have to post that much or have to be like two weeks. You're like, if you let off the gas for two weeks, then you're like kind of out. And it's like, don't, don't feel bad about, about being on it like that. Like you're doing the right thing and people aren't hearing it as much as you're hearing it. Cause you're the one posting it and you're feeling, you're like, man, I'm talking a lot about myself, man. I like, what the hell? But people only see like one of those posts every so often because they're not on there. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's really good advice. Totally. (laughs) Man. So what's like, we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but you guys had decided you were going to do this record like a year ago, right? Yeah. And then you were saying that you just um, released it. You're releasing it during a really strange time. Like, what did this journey look like so far for this record? And I think that makes me then extra excited for your full length too. Yeah, we actually, I mean, we kind of had these songs done a long time ago and uh, we had this whole like two year plan of, you know, we're going to play our our first shows and then we're going to try for a smaller tour and then we're going to try for a bigger tour. And obviously like all of that kind of came to a halt. So now the focus is mostly going to be writing and putting out content um, and just working towards like the next single and then the next full length that's going to come out. So, sure. And yeah. you've built like, I don't know, cause I just checked out your YouTube channel this week, but you've built, it looks like a pretty aggressive YouTube channel. Like what type of content have you been working on? What, what do you, what do you put out with your, with your channel and things like that, that you've been putting into this? Um, as far as Collius, like it's mostly playthroughs. And then uh, we're just starting to do some behind the scenes, like interview footage from the studio as well. Um, but as just as far as my channel, like I, I do a lot of demos just for the companies that I work with. So I, you know, I've put stuff out for Jackson. I've done a lot of uh, neural demos. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I used to do a lot of metal covers and that's kind of what initially uh, built up my channel sure. was just doing covers. But, you know, like after a certain point, you're just kind of like, man, like I just want to like just focus on original music and just like release that. So it's very rare now that I do, I do any covers, although like there's actually a couple that 
I, I have lined up right now. So I might make a little, <laughs> might make a little comeback. Um, nice. with some really techie metal stuff, but it's going to be like, shorter. I never do this, but I'm going to do this now again. <laughs> I used to. Yeah, I used to. And like people, I mean, it was getting kind of annoying after a while because I'm like, man, I feel like, you know, I started doing this because I wanted to drive more traffic towards my whatever band I was in at the time. Sure. And it built up my channel for that. But then it's like, yeah, you have all these subscribers and everything, but it's people like with your original music, they don't know to search for it. So like the subscriber to view ratio isn't ever that great on your original stuff, but like on all the covers, it's like super high. And, you know, that's kind of like, what you're working with, right? As far as like YouTube or even like stuff on Instagram and using hashtags and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's a complicated world. What, um, I'm totally circling back here. So sorry, this is like so far away with what we were talking on. What was up with the, um, the black, it's black dream, right? Yes. That song. What I was, I was watching the music video. First of all, how gross did you feel after that video was over? So nasty. <laughs> it was, you know, I don't think anyone. It's like an episode like, of really, Dirty Jobs, you know? I don't think anyone really knew what they were in for. Hmm. And uh, I just, I had this vision in my head to do something really weird with the black paint and like stuff oozing out of our mouths and just like all these hands reaching out, like all creepy yeah. So I was kind of describing all these things to the videographer, Kurt, at uh, Sirius Cinema. And um, he really just brought that to life. You know, I, I kind of, I just had this idea because he's like, oh, well, what do you want to do? You want to do like performance video? I'm like, well, yeah, like we're like a prog band, you know, so like it's, it should be heavy on performance. But it it ended up not really being that too much. So the video isn't um, your typical, uh, I don't know, prog instrumental band video where everyone's just focused on like, Oh my God, how are they playing that on guitar? And what's he doing on drums and the double kick and, and all that. It's actually like more just headbanging performance. And then like, you know, flashes to this like really weird kind of artistic, um, you know, the whole concept for, for black dream, right. This kind of like alien abduction or like night terrors kind of thing. Right. So yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty gross and kind of funny. Cause what did we, you guys have to put in your mouth to be able to make that was, come out of there? It was too, it was toothpaste. Oh yeah. So we had, yeah. <laughs> and, and the funniest part of all that is that, um, it was, uh, it was this black charcoal toothpaste, but once we like swished it around in our mouths, it came out more like a light gray color, black. Yeah. So looking at those images afterwards, I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, well, uh, you know, it's too late now. It just looks even nastier, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause yeah, everybody just has this like white grayish ooze coming out of their mouths. I'm like, I suppose it's a good contrast to all the black, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a sweet video, but I was watching that. And like it's the gross. OCD inside me was like, I don't know if I could survive. Like the, yeah. I'm, I'm not a texture guy. I get weird with textures of things. Yeah. And I feel like I would be like, by the end of that, I'd be pretty fried. Imagine all the guys too. Everyone was like touching, like putting their hands in. There was like a <laughs> box, right? 
And he drilled out these, like, so to say, like glory holes, right? For people to (laughs) stick their hands through and just be like kind of massaging and touching and dragging across your face and everything. So it's definitely like uncomfortable for some people on, on both ends, whether you're like in the box or you're the person touching, you're like, Oh God, you're like, I'm trying not to be weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, where should, where should I touch or whatever? And like, (laughs) I mean, Jordan was there. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like you can, you can touch wherever you want. And I'm like, you, you massage my neck, you massage my shoulder. (laughs) Like, so yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And then like the last half of the video, um, we split it in two. So the first half, everybody was like, you know, all clean. And then we did like the the closet shoot with all the black paint. And then we kind of tried to let it dry before putting our instruments back on. Yeah. Um, and then we had to like play like that too, but it was with all the stuff coming out of our mouth, it was like, we were slimy and it was just, couldn't wait to clean up after that. <laughs> and obviously, like, even though it's a music video, you're still trying to play your parts with this. Like, yeah, but to the you know, be- it's to the best it's a of your music ability. video. <laughs> and a lot of it was like backlit and, and silhouette. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, like with prog music, like you, you know, everybody's just standing still. And in a real life situation, of course, you would probably be not throwing your guitar around and like headbanging all crazy like that. Cause you, you got to, you know, play some complicated stuff, Yeah, but you know, it's like, it's video, it's art. So yeah. yeah. Make it a little more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I have five questions I ask at the end, Nicole, but I have one more question to ask right before we get there. Okay. Um, I feel like when you're, in this genre and you're in this style, it is so natural to be there. But what was the first thing that made you pick up an eight string guitar? Um, you know, I was playing a seven and shortly after I got the seven, um, I was in a music store one day and I saw an eight string and it was like really cheap. It was like 400 bucks or something. And I was like, Oh, I was like, let me just get that just to have it. You know, like, it's like, I thought I was like, this is so obnoxious, but like, yeah, I love Meshuggah, um, yeah. but I never had it in my head. Like, oh, like I, you know, I want to be an eight string player and like, you know, write music with, it's just an eight string or anything. It was kind of just by chance that I stumbled across it at a store on a certain day. And then when I took it home and I started um, messing around with it and writing with it, I was like, oh, I was like, this actually makes a ton of sense because you just have this extended range to work with. And it, it just felt, I don't know. It gave me like a whole, a whole new sense of creativity. So sometimes, you know, they say like you get a new guitar and then like, you just get really inspired and you start writing like all this like different stuff or like whatever. So that's kind of how I felt when I picked up an eight string. And, and after that, like I, I kind of just abandoned the seven and I, I just stuck with eights after that. And it's only until recently that um, I, I recently got a, a six string, like my my first six string in probably, I don't know, over 15 years. Oh, my and God. I feel like I'm relearning. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like a little banjo. Like, <laughs> my like, little this, ukulele I'm right like, here. so cute. <laughs> but it's, it's really good for like, you know, like tech metal stuff, which is kind of what I've been using it for. So it's really fun. You can just play like really fast and not have to worry about muddiness or anything. 
you're like the marathon trainer that has like the weight belt on or something like and you that that's you with your normal guitar or and then like you take the weights off and then it's so much easier or something <laughs> not really it was, it was just it was still it still felt foreign to me but yeah there's a lot of time away yeah definitely <laughs> a whole different instrument but right. getting used to it again well, I've got five questions I ask at the end of every single episode, and I ask to every single person. And um, you don't have to think too hard on it. It can be kind of like whatever's off the top of your head. And Instagram people, just a warning, Instagram is not the coolest in the world, and it will end us at an hour even. So we might get cut on this, but if you miss some of these questions, they will be out on a podcast on Tuesday, and you can hear the rest of them. But thank you guys for listening on here. You got five more minutes, though. All right. So the first question is, what makes it so that the things that you're doing right now with the band, the content, everything that you're up to, why is this what you do every single day? Why is this what you wake up to do versus any other thing that you could do? Uh, Literally the most fulfillment. Like this is what I feel most fulfilled doing and just feel like it's my true purpose in life is playing guitar, writing metal, making music with my friends, you know, making cool content that I can look back on someday. So you just made that sound so much more simple. I feel like than a lot of people try to make it. Yep. I mean, that's the real reason. Kind of just got to look inwards and figure out what makes you truly happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Fair enough too simple (laughs) no no i literally love that that you were like you were very calm and collective of like this is the reason why and it was a very simple reason why and you're like this is what i'm supposed to do and that's why i wake up and do it that's like a very good answer yeah yeah what along the way say you could take the lesson and just give it to someone so like they didn't have to live through the experience what was like the biggest mistake you've made along your way here? Oh, you know, I, I don't want to say there's any mistakes because you just learn so much from something you might view as a mistake. Right. Um, but you know, may, like, I mean, if I could go back and really change anything, like if I can maybe reword that a little bit. Yeah. Say you went back, but you, you had the lesson somehow. Yeah. But you could do um, something that I didn't could, not do something that sucked a lot. Um, I, I think if I could go back, I probably would have um, kind of believed in myself more um, as a teenager to really um, drive towards like my music education. Mm you know, to maybe have some of the building blocks that like I'm missing today, even though like I'm, I'm writing and like, I love everything that I write, but kind of like when I look back, um, I wish that I had it in my head when I was younger that like, yeah, you can do music for a living and like, you can actually go to school for that and pursue that. But the way I grew up, like, um, my parents are very traditional and, I didn't really believe that was possible. They just thought it was like, oh, it's just a hobby. So you got to go to school for, um, you know, like a real degree or something, which I tried to do. I majored in biochemistry and then ended up dropping out to uh, go on tour. 
So that was a bunch of wasted years in college. Yep. <laughs> so, but you know, when you're young, it's like, you kind of just believe like, you know, like what your family tells you, you know, like, no, you can't really do that for a job. You got to go to school for something real. Yeah. It's really difficult. And I see that it's not even just like your parents. It's literally like the whole system that we have Society, of yeah. school and everything. Like everything believes that until you show them that it's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah, like every, everyone believes that and says that. And then you're like, then they, then they ask you and they're like, Hey, what, Hey, Nicole, what have you been up to? And you're like, I've been a guitarist. And they're like, Oh, you can do that. And you're like, yeah, I told you that. It's like, yeah. everyone says that to you until you just do it and tell them to shut up. So yeah. that's, that's a really good point for anyone out there that might be thinking that it can't be a career. Well, you got this, this person here and a ton of people, 82 other episodes of people that it's happening. So you definitely can flip side to it. Positive note, best idea you've had along the way, best thing that you've ever done. Sometimes it's the same. Um, oh, best thing I've ever done. Um, yeah, maybe let's tie that into the last question and say, I, I dropped out of school to do what I actually wanted to do. Cause nice. I cannot, I cannot imagine, um, being in being a lab rat right now, basically. I mean, yeah, maybe it'd be cool to like be a scientist or whatever, but, um, I don't know. I just can't like, I'm an artist. So I'm glad that I just followed that path and, um, that it's just brought me so much fulfillment and, um, you know, I'm glad I've, I've failed at so many projects because it's just taught me more at the end of the day and just put me where I'm at right now. So yeah. I feel, feel wiser from that. I love that. Yeah. And I, I would, I always say people on the show, cause we talk about this so much. We talk about this mindset and these things like this. And it's like, if you're happy with your day job, then do your day job and be pumped about it. And that's awesome. Then do that and love whatever that is. If you went to school for a certain thing and you love the thing that you do, go fucking do that all the time. Be so pumped on it. But if you don't love what you do, then know that you don't have to do it and that you can do other things basically. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So what would be one resource that you would recommend to the audience can be on any of the things that you're into or we talked on could be a book, audiobook, podcast, video website. What's like one resource people should be checking out. Um, as far as resources, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of learning and how, accessible it is to learn by yourself just through um, um, something as simple like YouTube tutorials, like something creative that you want to do that maybe you never knew how to do. It doesn't have to be uh, playing an instrument. It could be um, like editing video or whatever. There's, there's so many resources online now for, that are free to learn. Sure. So, I mean, people should be taking more advantage of that. And, and if you have the discipline, like you can pretty much do anything you want to do, teach yourself to do anything you want to do. And, um, you don't necessarily have to like go to a class or, or go to school, even though that's nice as well, but maybe, maybe you don't have enough money to like, to take a class or something. But, you know, a lot of people in the creative worlds, like aren't educated there. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are self-taught because they're artists, you know, school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last question is the very easiest. 
where do people find you? Where do they listen to this record? Where do they, they check out everything? Uh, the record, uh, Collius, the fourth phase is the title of the EP and it's available on all digital outlets. So whatever you stream music on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, um, I don't know what else is out there. Amazon. Deezer. Deezer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little behind. I just, I just use Spotify, but I, I don't, yeah, I don't we're use other ones either. Everywhere. We're on, we're on Bandcamp. So you Napster's can actually. Napster's still out there. <laughs> it is still out there. I think, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's still, uh, your still record is probably on Napster. I bet. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Napster it up. <laughs> Hit um, me up if you listen to Napster. Honestly, I really do want to know. I I don't know. It's probably still a large number, right? It's probably, it has to be. It's still being distributed yeah. to you. I don't know. Yeah. So that, I mean, we're, you know, if you want to follow us, we're on IG, Collius Official. Like, I'm pretty easy to find too. Like, I have my YouTube. Um, you don't really need to know how to spell my last name, Papastavru. Like, you could probably just Google it or YouTube search Nicole Eight String. There might only be one Nicole Eight String player. So. Mm. that i know of <laughs> that's pretty special so yeah there's not a lot there's not a lot out there and, that's legit and, that's the entire world that there might not be another nicole eight string well, maybe she might be out there <laughs> that's awesome so, yeah so for people listening to this podcast as a podcast that's either at the links below, or you can go to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes and all the links to everything that she just listed out will be there. So you can find her really easy. If for some reason you have any problem finding her stuff, you will find it on all our stuff because we want you to hear it. So Nicole, thank you for being on the waking up from work podcast and talking about a bunch of awesome friggin' music that you just wrote and came out like six days ago. For listening having you on the show i'm super stoked to be here hell yeah thank you guys on instagram for hanging out with us tonight if you have other questions that you might have afterwards definitely feel feel free to direct message me or i'm sure you probably get a ton of messages but i'm sure that nicole or callius would be cool with you hitting them up and uh totally yeah sweet i will talk to you guys later 